What's happening, you guys? This is Joel, and this is the Icon Fitness Podcast. If you're joining on the Icon Blueprint live, welcome. We have a killer show today because we're going to be talking about growth killers. And I have the pros from Eyes Up Mindset, Jamie and John. And what they do is they focus on optimizing your mindset so that you can get the most performance that you can out on the field, in your life, and any other section or part of your day-to-day. These guys are straight pros. I was on their podcast and it was quite enjoyable. And so without further ado, I'd like to bring on to the show John and Jamie. Oops. Hold on now. There we go. There we go. Guys, what's up? What's How up we doing today? I, you know what? I mean, we talked about it a little bit uh, earlier. You know, the ups and downs of, of life. Um, and, uh, you know, working, strengthening that mindset right now. Strengthen that mindset right now. So that's what, that's what I'm up to. How are you guys doing? I'm great, man. It's been uh, it's been a wild ride today. Taught a little bit this morning. Worked with a, with a team on Monday. That was a great thing to get back, kind of working with some guys and yeah. and getting back in the grind a little bit because sports had shut down. High school sports had shut down here right. in Minnesota, so um, we just opened back up for the winter season, and that's really exciting for for the teams and the individuals that we were working with. So that's yeah. really exciting. Yeah, definitely, John. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I've been uh, looking forward to this for. A little while now since you were on our podcast yeah, uh, man, we so had an good. awesome time chatting and and yes. i when when you when we got the invite it was like yeah that's another awesome opportunity to connect with with cool people and yeah. uh, just excited to be here yeah i'm pumped to have you guys here and i'm gonna start off with a, a really serious question who's the better athlete <laughs> Depends what uh, well, sport, Joel. It yeah. depends what sport. Yeah. Hey, I'm just asking. Yeah. You know, if John is a way better golfer than I am, like, I, so I mean, the, the real answer to that question is, I mean, who's more athletic? Jamie, for sure, at his peak, was more athletic. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we, I so say that tongue brothers. in cheek. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah totally, totally. We'll compete at anything. That's yes. just the truth. And I want to beat John worse than I want to beat just about anybody else at everything. Yes. Um, but at, in the same regard, like we, we acknowledge each other's strengths and we don't really try and compete in those areas because he will wreck me in where he's really great. And, and I will. And likewise. So I just, I, a very short lesson that I learned one time is don't ever try to, as a non wrestler, don't ever try to wrestle wrestlers. Um, you know, I'm, I'm six, six, 270 pounds. Jamie is much smaller than I am, but, um, I decided that it was a good, good, good thing one day to wrestle him. And, um, (laughs) that did not turn out well. Uh, and so I, I think, like Jamie said, I think in our respective areas, we kind of um, allow the other person to right. to be the, the better person there. And then we compete at things like, you know, Tetris and um, things <laughs> like that. 
so if it was a one-on-one basketball game, who wins? Oh, John, every time. 6-6. Six, 6-6. Six. Six, six. That's hard. <laughs> what are you going to do? You'd have, you'd have to have a long-range long game, and it would have to be on. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't play basketball. I can shoot a little bit, but I was I was a mess. So yeah. I... I just worked really hard mostly when it came to playing basketball at lunchtime with my buddies. Yes. I just like outworked them and I go to class sweating and yes. all of them would hate me afterwards. Yes. Cause I'm yes. like, they're like, dude, just chill. We got practice later. And yes, yes. yes. I'm trying to lose weight for <laughs> that's, that's so me. That's so me with basketball as well. Um, all right. Well, I, I want, I want to give you guys the opportunity to be able to kind of talk about eyes up mindset. Um, Give us just kind of a, a an idea of your business and, and how did you guys get started doing this? You know, reading through your guys' bios, you guys have a, a, a really impressive, um, not only fitness background, but also, you know, teaching and and guiding even at very young ages. Um, so if, if you can, kind of explain to us um, first how you guys got into it and what is exactly Eyes Up Mindset? Well, go ahead, Jamie, take it. So we both are teachers and coaches. I think that's where it starts. Yeah. And then John has this background in mental health and, and what, what really came of it was me interacting with the mental skill side of coaching and learning from really great people and then going to John and be like, Hey, how do we do this? in a way that we can actually serve people and potentially make money doing it. But mostly we wanted to give these athletes and students and people that we interact with that maybe didn't have these experiences, the opportunity to do that. And then John brings this level of expertise that is just different, right? I have this teaching background that is we can put this into some sort of lesson and John can bring this other side that is the mental health side which yeah, is yeah. just a huge need in our, in our culture, right now, in our society. And so John, anything that you can piggyback on there? No, I, I mean, I think just to answer uh, the additional part of your question, Joel, of is what is, what do we actually do? Um, you know, we partner with teams and coaches and then individual athletes on improving performance, you know, and I think we, we both were collegiate athletes. We both coached at almost every level and, there's such an emphasis on the physical side of technique and skill development and practice. Right. And we both benefited from learning the mental side later in life. And it was kind of a light bulb moment for us. Like, boy, what if we had this when we were 10, 11, 12, Mm -hmm. 15, 18, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how would that have changed our level of enjoyment, our ability to perform at a high level um, and just our, like I said, mostly it's our level of enjoyment because we would have performed at a higher level. We would have um, physically been better because we were better mentally, which is is something that a lot of people don't actually think about. They just think physically, let's train, get better, get stronger, get faster. And and so that's kind of where we partner with, with these teams and, and individuals on where are you at right now? Where do you want to go? And what are the mental things that can help you get to that point? Mm, mm. And so your clientele are pretty much um, high school athletes. Is that what? Yeah, that's our primary focus at this point in time. We, And honestly, I think we serve coaches 
in a yeah. huge way yeah. also. I There's a pretty open line of communication between all of the coaches that we work with. Um, not all of them take as much advantage of it as others do, but really we're trying to, to partner with them and say, how can we grow your program through a different avenue? Because at the high school level, and I coach at the collegiate level in football, and we have so many more resources. Even if it was Division three football, there's still so much more in terms of resources and yeah. in terms of time. And then just the number of coaches that can contribute to something like the mental side, the um, strength and conditioning. Um, you know, you're talking about specific position coaches where at the high school level, you might be, you know, you might coach three positions. You might be the yeah, coordinator, yeah, the strength yeah. coach, the mental skills coach, all that stuff. And so we want to partner with them to give them tools that are actionable tomorrow yeah. <laughs> instead of saying, or, you know, today, instead of saying, oh, I got to learn about this in the off season. I got to learn about this when I go to a clinic or a camp. And so, right. um, so really we want to partner with leaders and it's, Obviously, our focus is sports and athletics at this point, yeah. but we have worked with some businesses where we partner with leaders to give their employees the same sort of skills yeah. to intervene when things start to get chaotic or messy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and you guys work with individuals too. So like individual athletes who reach out, maybe parents that, that reach out and go, man, I just feel like my kid needs a little bit more sharpening with their mindset. Um do you have a, a large clientele of individual or do you focus more on, on the group? I would say it's growing. Um, and I think the, the niche and I, I kind of focus more on the individual side and Jamie works more with our teams Got it. and then, you know, we come together for our curriculum development, kind of the topics, our podcast, things like that. But so the individual side, you know, the thing that, is unique about us that's a little bit different than maybe traditional sports psychologists is that my background is clinical mental health and then also athletics. And so uh, there's a lot of athletes that struggle with performance and it's based on their mindset, but it also might be some emotional stuff that's going on in their life. So mm. we can kind of, we can toggle back and forth a little bit between mental health sessions right. and topics. Yeah. And the, the, the true performance, you know, straight sports psych performance things. And I think that's, again, that's where we're seeing a lot of traction right now is because athletes are, are human beings at, at, at their core, you know, and, and a lot of times we treat them differently or we see them differently because it seems like they have it all together. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's, cause they're supposed to, cause they have sometimes they have more skills than, than other people in terms of dealing with adversity. But the thing is some of that, sometimes that pressure and that expectation, they don't know how to deal with that part of it, you know? And so again, that's where the individual side is, is really key and working with coaches to, to identify people that might be in that camp, you know, um, Hey, this is what my team needs. And, you know, I have a couple of kids that, that might need some individual support in, in, a, in a different way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, be, being an athlete myself, you know, you at, at that age, and I coached as well, I coached high school football, the mind is is still growing and shaping at, at that point, right? And it's so vital. And a lot of these high level athletes, high school athletes, they, they, actually hide behind their their ego or their success and so on and so forth but inside they're that scared little boy 
And so this is where we see the aggression with men, right, or young men, right, where they're being very, very aggressive um, or depression with young women and so on and so forth. And, and so, I mean, there's so much more to performance than just what's your max squat, what's your max bench press. Um, all right, this is a question I always love asking entrepreneurs and business owners is what is the bleeding neck that you guys solve? And to explain to anybody that's listening, if you guys have listened before, I've asked this question, but when your neck is bleeding, you guys, you want the bleeding neck doctor. You don't want the bleeding toe doctor. You want the bleeding neck doctor. And so there's there's kids out there or there's coaches out there, they got a bleeding neck and they want this thing solved. What is it that you guys solve? Such a good question, Joel. Um, I, I think for us, it is that desire to take a next step wherever you're at in your performance. What, and, and for us, we talk about performance is performance. Yeah. We talk about it through the lens of athletics, but the skills that we teach to manage your emotions, deal with adversity, reframe our nerves, our, our thoughts, and take control of kind of where we are right now and where we want to go. Mm. So so the, the, the bleeding neck part of that is I want to get better at blank. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know the physical tools. I have been practicing those, but I'm still not getting to where I want to go. Mm. And I understand, and, and, and this is sometimes people understand that there's this part that's missing for them. And sometimes it's convincing them or, or opening that, that sliding door mm. to let them see kind of behind that curtain of this is what's out there. This is what's possible. If we can help you get control of those thoughts and those emotions. And I think the one thing that I always hear when John is talking about those sort of things. I want to take a step. It's stuck, right? Mm. To me, if if the bleeding neck issue is I'm stuck. And I've and like John said, I've exhausted the physical stuff. I've exhausted some of the relationship stuff. I don't know what's next. Well, have you explored this other area that really is personal and uncomfortable? and sometimes ugly and sometimes liberating. Yes. Um, yes. But can we, can we go there with you? Yeah. Because it's, you know, I talk about RAS a lot or I have recently because it's really in my, in my mind right now. It's the reticular activating system. It's what our filter, our mental filter. So what we let in, we let in a lot of, or we let in none of, right? It's this, what you're seeing you see a lot of it's the FedEx arrow, right? And right. Um, if you don't know that in the negative of the FedEx logo, there's an arrow between the E and the X. Yeah. Once you see it, you cannot unsee it. it. That's right. Right. And this is the mental game for us. It's, it's opening that filter to say, there's a whole world here that can get you unstuck. Gosh, I, I love that. Um, you know, it's that, it is that concept of like, you know, I, I talk to my clients about this, like our, our language is so important, right? And so if I say to them, don't look at the dock, 
what do they look at? They, whether they don't look at the dog or not, they envision the dog, right? And those are our, those are our, the, the, it sounds like, right? This is what you guys sharpen is being able to, the, the, the kids and, and high performers, they go, I, I don't want to miss the hurdle. I don't want to drop the ball. I don't want to, right? And so all they're seeing is them dropping the ball, them not succeeding, them failing, right? And that's that same kind of concept and idea of being able to go, whoa, 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 you're, you're letting that in, right? We need a mod. We need, no, 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 let's switch it just a little bit. Let's dim that and focus over here. And that is such a incredible power to have as a human being, not even just alone as an athlete, but as a human being in our relationships with our boss, with our um, uh, marriage and so on and so forth. If we keep thinking something, it just becomes true. And we're just like, I don't know why that, I don't know why I'm feeling this way with my wife or my kids. Well, that's all you're thinking about. We talk about this with athletes all the time. Focus is a superpower. Focus is a superpower. If you can control your focus, if you dictate what comes in and what goes out, you have an extreme advantage when it comes to athletics and on the field of play. But that's also true in your professional life, in your relational life, with your friends. Like, I mean, we've, we've lost in some capacity, not all of us, but as a society generally, we've lost this really sharp, honed in ability to focus and that's something we try to work with people on and i admittedly hip, hypocritically i'm not great at this sometimes right but that's right. part of the gig is we have to sharpen it ourselves too but also jamie i think as a society whether it be athletics or not we're also being conditioned to focus on things that do not matter or mm. do not actually improve our performance you know and so, and, and some of that is, you know, intentional conditioning. And some of that is the information that we take in the people around us, you know, those things, I, I think that's a huge part of it too, is becoming, and, and we talk a lot about awareness, but becoming aware of the, the things that you are putting in, you know, it, it, to your, to your, to your mind, your mindset and, and how that impacts, you know, that focus. Totally. I think about, so one, one real quick story. Yeah, I, yeah. I've been uh, just along these same lines. I, I, I'm a skier, downhill skier. Cause my wife loves the mountains. She grew up skiing and, and I was athletic enough to pick it up in my adulthood, but she loves to go in the trees and it freaks. It has scared me forever because she goes fast. She turns quick and again, I'm six six. I have big skis. Like it just takes more for me to turn. That's right. And so I I used to always get mad at her. And and one day I was talking to a, a guy similar size to me, and he goes, I was telling him about my frustration, trying to commiserate, right? Yeah. And and he's just like, dude, it's because you're focused on the trees. You're not focused on all of the open space that's out there. You're only seeing the trees. There's so much room in between those things. And if you start looking at that, you're going to be amazed at how much you, you see. And it was kind of a light bulb moment for me. And then for, for that reason, but then also for the reminder that we need people in our life to be able to point those things out to us. Right. And not just say, Oh yeah, no. Yeah. The trees, they suck. I wish I didn't have to go in the trees. Instead he said, well, your focus is in the wrong spot. We need that from people in our life. 
100%. That is so dead on. I mean, a lot of people that I work with, you know, it's such a great analogy of life of like, you're going to be living life. So all you have to do is just pivot what you're looking at. And all of a sudden it gets incredibly easier, right? All of a sudden you become incredibly successful. And all before that, it was like, oh, I can't. And it's too hard and, and so on and so forth. But it's just like, now look at all the space instead. Look at the trees. That's fantastic. Um, another question I have for you guys is that when you start working with a coach or with a individual, what's usually the first aha moment or immediate change that you see with either the teams or the individuals that you're working with that they just go, oh man, like that tree analogy, right? I bet you the next time that you went down through the trees, it was a lot easier. And that took a very small snippet, but it was a great game changer. What, what is that immediate change or that aha moment that you guys usually see with the people you work with? So this actually led to the business and is a little bit the origin story of the company in some ways is I, I had a friend who reached out to me. He knew that I did some speaking and he knew that we had had some success in my, in my program, my track program. He's a first time cross country coach. So it's in the fall. I'm not a cross country coach. I'm not competing against him. He reaches out and says, Hey, can you come and talk to my group? And so I built this presentation for them and we started talking about Kanders Erickson's uh, peak performance model, this idea of deliberate practice, intentional, measured, difficult feedback. Those are the four parts that he talks mm -hmm. about. If you want real elite performance, right? This is the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours rule comes out of Kanders Erickson's work. Mm. But ultimately what he talks about is that your practice isn't good enough to get to elite unless you have these four components, intentional, measured, difficult feedback. And what landed with my my good friend and his whole team that day was that one single word intention right that purposeful control of the way that you think and we are really grounded in cognitive behavioral therapy right our thinkings beget our feelings beget our actions right mm. and that and that sort of response we can take control over we can have intention about our thoughts which will then change the way that we respond emotionally, which will ultimately change the way that we act and behave around certain things. And so one of the things that I, and it's really super practical as a track coach, as a runner, right? Is that every single workout we do has our intensity and our volume and yes. our rest very clearly mm -hmm. and specifically stated. And these kids had never seen that before. He as an athlete, he ran cross country. He was a coach. He had never worked in that. They knew the volume beforehand. They knew the intensity beforehand. They knew the rest beforehand. Mm -hmm. And then understanding those three pieces helped them understand, well, why is this, what is this workout today? Is it anaerobic? Is it aerobic? Is right. it, you know, what is the purpose of today? And then you get to start to say, well, now measurement becomes easy because yeah. did I meet the intensity? It's just a number on a stopwatch, right? right? Did I meet the volume? It's just a distance traveled, right? So then it, measurement becomes much, much simpler. Mm -hmm. And then you start to be able to reconcile, is this actually hard? Mm -hmm. I have this perception that it's hard, right? I, I would tell kids all the time, they'd come and talk to me and be like, 
what's the workout coach? I'm like, oh, 12 100s. Well, some of them hear the number 12 and they immediately think, this is super challenging today. We're going to do 12 separate runs. Well, are those runs in 18 or are they in 15? Are they, you know, with 30 seconds rest or are they with three minutes rest? You know, and now all of a sudden they can start to identify for themselves. The mind, it doesn't start to wander. They have concrete intentional behaviors that they see moving forward to say, okay, I can do this. And I'm going to have an attitude of, I can do this today. And they get something out of every run instead of, oh, how many left? A few more. You know, no, we have four more. Like, you know exactly how many more you're going to do. And you know exactly the time that you need to do them. And you know exactly how much rest you're going to get. Like. And so that, that word intention is always the one when, when we work with people that people go, oh, that's really easy and super hard, yeah. right? It, it's, we say simple, but not easy. It's very, very simple to do in practice. It's very hard to execute with consistency. Y- yes, yes. I, and that's, you know, it, what you're speaking to and for people who are say like, well, I'm not a track athlete. I would say to you who's listening right now, no, but you have goals in your life. And what people end up getting stuck at is in the macro view. Oh my gosh, I got this huge project at work, right? Instead of going, okay, we get it. You got the project at work. Zoom in a little bit. What are the steps? Good. Zoom in on those steps. Break down the, that one step, right? I have to contact blah, blah, blah or I have to get information. Okay, contact this person, that person, and that person. When we start breaking it down, just like where you were explaining in terms of saying like, you could have gone like, hey, it's just track practice a day. Real macro view. Who knows what it's going to be, right? And then you could say like, hey, we're going to do 12 200s, right? Uh, Hey, we're going to be running 2,400 meters. You know, it's like, well, it's track practice, not 2,400 meters. How are we going to break that 2,400 meters? Hey, we're going to run 200 meters 12 times. Oh, okay, now I'm kind of, okay, now we're going to break it down to, Hey, we're going to go 12 by 200. We want you to run as 75%. Oh, okay. Well, how long am I going to rest for? Oh, you're going to rest for two minutes. All right. Now we're building this framework of going, I now know the work I need to put in. And that's no different than us in our relationships and our works. It's the intention to be able to come forward and be able to say, this is how we're going to do it. And I follow a guy on Twitter that I'm probably going to quote more than once today, but his name's Steve Magnus. He wrote a book called Peak Performance with another guy by the name of Brad Stolberg. Peak Performance and the Passion Paradox. They're both um, great reads, but he's a he's a track coach at, coach at University of Houston. And so obviously I follow him because my – but he says the process is pretty simple. Set a goal, figure out the steps needed to reach that goal, and then ignore the goal. Yes. Right? <laughs> like focus – solely on the steps yes it's that simple like and um that's what you're talking about narrow your focus on a given day it can change day to day it doesn't like that's just fine right but what things serve the ultimate end goal now let's get really specific and get detailed about how to do this how can we measure it how can we make sure that it's challenging us and pushing us how can i get good feedback and then how can i come back in and be intentional once again once I get there and we follow that framework pretty religiously with, with the groups that we work with. And I know that John does with his individuals as well. I, I think the, the other phrase that comes to mind and it's, it's along the same lines is default or design. You know, I think as, as a coach and a lot of coach, I, as a young coach, I know that I defaulted to what I knew. 
or what I had experienced or seen rather than creating a system, a program by design based on what I, you know, research and things like that. And I think Mm -hmm. so often we, we end up defaulting. And I think that's where, again, another aha moment is like, oh, once we start being intentional and design practice or our, our schedule or our activities or whatever it is, one, we find more enjoyment. It's less stressful because we know ahead of time and we perform at a higher level because we've reduced the stress, the anxiety, the worry, and the pressure because mm. we're already ready for it. Yes. Yes. And yes. I will piggyback just a, Do it. with my wife. When we design our day, our communication through the roof better, much less stress and tension. Mm-hmm. And like we talk about it the night before, here's what's on tap for tomorrow. Is there anything I can do to make your life easier? Is there, you know, and not always, I'm not always a model husband, trust me. Right. But when we sit down and do that, our days are eights, nines, and tens, not four fives and sixes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're building an expectation, right? You know, structure, discipline, and consistency is what I always ring the bell to all the time is like, you could, you could want to get, a Ferrari and make the money to get a Ferrari, right? Or be the top 100 meter track runner in the state. But if you, and, and have the discipline, I'm going to run every day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, but if you don't say, Hey, this is how I'm going to structure out Monday, Tuesday, right? Saturday, I'm going to do extra. And this is exactly how I'm going to train. I'm going to hire, you know, the guys at eyes up mindset. So the my mindset, if we don't structure that out, you could have all the like rah, rah, shkumba and get, absolutely nowhere. Um, I want to move into what the topic of today is, which is growth killer. So we talked a lot about, Hey, you know, here's the performance and and when our mind is sharp and so on and so forth. And when we're diving into growth killers, the, the thing that is stopping that growth that you guys see, right? People are like, man, they got some momentum. They're going. Then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, something comes out of like left field and there's like, nope, I can't, no more. Um, give me an idea of what, how you guys would explain a growth killer. What is it? I think ultimately it boils down to this. What fear stops you, right? I think, I think ultimately it is about fear. Emotionally, it's about fear. But there are other things that fear causes, right? There are, there are other responses that fear creates in us. And, and when, we, when we boil it down, we look at it through kind of this more specific, this more intentional lens, what we're really saying is that we get in our own way, right? Because most of it, most of the growth killers that we experience are not external. We see and we work with specifically these internal functions that but we blame the external most of the time we blame the external things absolutely absolutely this is daniel kahneman thinking fast and slow he talks about substitution this is one of our heuristics is that we answer a difficult question with a simple question we change the question right so what's wrong um my parents are causing me too much stress well no it's our response to their to their interventions that is a problem sometimes the parents legitimately are a problem. Sometimes something external is legitimately the problem. Right. But rarely, right? I think Marcus Aurelius says it if if you're focusing on anything internal, you, right? You are the problem. It's it's not you, but your estimation of it 
it's not the thing, but your estimation of it, that's really the challenge. Mm -hmm. And so we look at this as being like fear is typically tied to a bunch of different things. And, and John, in our, in our response to your emails, summarized it out brilliantly. He said inadequacy is one of our fears. Embarrassment is another one. Like discomfort. I don't want to be uncomfortable in that moment. And I'm just rattling off some specific examples, right? Sometimes I fear being in relationships because that makes me um, accountable to something. And lastly, like we have a, a series of assumptions, these external assumptions about what other people might think or want from us. And it's fearful to have to meet those expectations sometimes. Mm. And so internally, we talk a lot about dealing with and managing emotion caused by fear. And I, I think I think a, an important part of this, and, and this is something that we try to be really transparent, whether it be on our podcast or with our teams or with our athletes, these are all things that we experience too. Yeah. We deal with it. We struggle with that. Um, and, you know, we, we, we talk about a spectrum a lot, you know, whether it be fitness or mental health or your skills. And, you know, we're all at a different point. We have these things, right? But we're all at a different point. And, but we all deal with them. We don't, we don't get to avoid it. And sometimes we just have more skills to deal with those fears. And, and other times we were able to push those down and eventually they're coming out. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you kind of made reference to it as, as a 15, 16 year old athlete, if you're good, you can, you can ignore some of those insecurities because people look at you and they see you differently. There is going to be a point where that comes out and right. you're going to have to figure out how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, that would be absolutely true of me because as a high school athlete, I played three sports. I was pretty good. I went on to play college football and I didn't have to deal with a lot of the emotional stuff, right? The fear of inadequacy or embarrassment because I never felt those things because I was, had some measure of success. Right, right, right. And so how do you guys, how do you guys recognize that fear? Because I, I, I really think that fear is the driving factor, right? It's the underlying factor that pushes all the other emotions. You know, people are like, oh, I'm so angry. Mm, no, you're probably scared. You know, like, oh, I'm so sad. No, you're probably scared, right? There, there's, a, there's a fear factor, <laughs> fear of losing something, you know, fear of being exposed, some type of fear. So how do you, how do you acknowledge it, get people to acknowledge it, and say for our listeners, what would what would be the steps that they could take in being able to go, oh, this is a fear, and how can I start working to lessen that fear or focus on something else? So I mentioned the word intention as being kind of the aha moment. One of the things that we direct athletes and coaches to do is to pay attention with intention, right? And so it's this idea of saying, pay attention to your thoughts, pay attention to the feelings and the emotions that you're having, and then get intentional about doing that. So can I journal in the moment? Can I just take a quick note about after this, I felt this way, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and then start to pull that apart. 
and see patterns, right? And and this is what the intentional part gets to be. It's it's can I identify the patterns in my behaviors in things that are going well and things that are going poorly? A lot of times when we think growth killers, we think that it has to be something that isn't going well. Well, that's not always true either because something that might be going well might have a an artificial ceiling, an artificial cap on it because you've created that cap mm. in a way that, I, I mean, for lack of a better term, our fear has stopped us from exceeding that barrier, right? And and so we we do this far too often. And I think the first step in any of this, and if you talk to anybody about self or sports psych or uh, psychology of performance, awareness is the beginning of every change. You have to start paying attention and knowing how you respond in a given situation. So we give assessments, right? We give self-assessments um, to students and athletes that, that say, okay, here are some areas around emotional regulation. How do you respond emotionally when something challenges you? Um, when you're preparing, what sort of areas are blind spots for you? Do you visualize? Do you meditate? Do you like? Do you bring yourself down, or you get way too hyped up? You know, some of these things end up being ways that we can check in with ourselves, and then it can give us some data that we can actually work with moving forward. And I think a lot of times the the other part of that is not starting with the thing that is the most difficult for you to identify, mm. you know, and, and J Jamie talked about paying it, you know, attention with intention, start, start by journaling about, you know, after you eat certain food, after you eat dinner, how do you feel? Right. It's a relatively low stress level for most people. Some people it's not, but, but for most people it's like, okay, I ate pizza. Okay. How do I feel? Sometimes yes. it might be good. Sometimes it might not be right. But now you're becoming aware of your feelings, right? And, and then and moving forward, then your thoughts about next time it's like, oh, I really want pizza. Well, how did I feel last time I ate it? I felt pretty good. Okay, cool. I'm going to do it. Right. Or at least now, you know, no, I didn't feel good when I ate the pizza. Right. But I still want the pizza I'm going to choose, but it, it becomes then a choice. Now I am in control of that choice and then it's up to me, you know, and, and that, that comes back to the, the self accountability part of it where it's like, Hey, I can't blame other people for, for the choices that I'm making, but you have to become aware of those first. And so the tool Jamie talked about, we, we use a lot of journaling and, and when we say journaling, it's not sit down and write 40 pages every night about how I felt and all the things that happened. It might be one or two questions about a specific situation we're trying to, to pay attention to, you know, <sighs> yeah, whether that's that. track practice, you know, my energy and my effort today were this and this, it doesn't have to be a, again, doesn't have to be this long thing. It can be a couple of minutes and then it just starts to become a routine and then it starts to, again, you can apply that to, to different areas of your life. Oh, man, that is so huge because that's, you know, I, I use, a, 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 I name it called notice and name. That's the, the technique, right? Notice, first and foremost, man, I got some gut issues right now because a lot of people will just keep rolling. I, ha I, was, I was gluten intolerant for in my 20s is when I started getting that allergy. I would just crap my pants. 
That's it. Yeah. I would just crap my pants and be like, oh, you know, it must have been the beer I drank. It must have been this and that. You know, I just wouldn't even pay attention to it, you know. And it wasn't until somebody else were like, Joel, that's, that's not right. Five years later, right, of just constantly having yeah. diarrhea. And being able to have that moment of even just noticing it and then being able to put a name to it. Man, I'm having diarrhea. And we went over this in your guys' podcast. Why? Keep asking why, and you'll get down to the nailing that, that, that naming it. And then you can go, oh, man, every time that I have chicken wings, deep fried chicken wings from Bullies, you know, from what, wherever, you know, like I am annihilated, you know. Now you at least have the information exactly what you guys are talking about. And what you do when you name it is you give it the power to be more consistent, right? And and I mentioned Steve Magnus just a second ago, but he just posted on Twitter uh, a study about uh, success among athletes. And he said the really the only thing that matters is that somebody follows a consistent and specific training model. The people that showed up that didn't have illness, injury, excuses, whatever it might mean, their success metric is so much farther ahead of everyone else's. And it wasn't about talent. It wasn't about, you know, anything else. Mm -hmm. They controlled for just about everything else. The right. only thing they were measuring was number of days following a specific plan. So this routine that John talked about and then the consistency that you're talking about is so much easier when you give it a name, when you can identify it and specifically say this thing. Because otherwise, it's just an abstraction. It's right. it's something in the, uh, it might be this. It might be the beer I had. It might be the wings. Yes, I'm not really yes, sure. Yes. Right? right? We get to consistency by paying attention and by giving it a name, by noticing it and then naming it. I love yeah, that tool. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, and we, we, we had somebody on our podcast a few weeks ago, and, and he, it was actually the title of the podcast is Clues, Patterns, Choices. Like, we spend our whole life gathering clues about things. And at some point that becomes a pattern, right? Mm. The beer and the wings, we keep doing it. We keep doing it. Same result. And then at some point we have a choice. Are we going to continue? That's and, and again, it goes back to the pizza thing. It's the, the clues, the pattern. This is how I felt. I'm still going to choose to do it because I want it. Or, you know, at that point, again, I have the choice to not participate in that. Right. And, and then, like you said, you have the power to, to be able to make that decision. And that is huge because then you don't go into victim mentality, you know, too often. I'm sure you see it with your, your athletes be like, oh, it's this or it's that or it's that, you know, when you're like, here's the decision, make your choice, right? Go ahead, pick one or the, I used, I, I used to uh, run um, a recreational program for the, the, the city and I would give the kids choices every time. Go ahead. You can throw that ball at Susie's face again. But here's going to be your result. Do what you want. I'm not going to tell you yes, no. And then when you do it, I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm just going to say, you know the results. Yeah. And how often, I mean, like, I don't know. How often do we just stop paying attention to the possibilities in the end? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We just we just say, uh, that thing might happen, but I don't think it will this time. Or I don't even yeah. think about the possibility of it. Right. 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 I love it, you guys. Um, all right. 
there you go, guys. Growth killers, right? The underlying facet that you guys want to be able to be looking at is fear. Think about the thing that scares you first and foremost, and then be able to, to notice it. What is it? Call it out. Be able to find what, what it is. And then like what Jamie and John were saying, reflection is huge. Be able to reflect. Write it down. Start off really small. It doesn't have to be huge. You can go to any kind of drugstore, Target, Walmart, find yourself a piece of paper, pull it out of the printer if you have to, and just start off at the end of your day. Write down, how was my day? How do I, How am I feeling? What is maybe a goal that you put at the top of it and say, hey, boy, am I getting closer to that goal? Be able to take the small steps, guys, to be able to start making a change. Remember, action over anxiety, movement over motivation. You don't have to know all the niches and all the plans and have it all laid out. Is it, it Does it help? Yes, but most people get stuck in the weeds and instead you just need to grab the weed whacker and start whacking away. Um, Jamie, John, it was awesome to have you guys on the show. Um, if there are people who are listening and they have, they say, hey, I have a kid here in Reno, in California, in Texas. Can, can you guys work with those athletes? And if so, how do they get a hold of you? Absolutely. Um, and we'd love to hear from people. And even if it's just a question, you know, we're totally open to people reaching out to us and saying, hey, I'm struggling with this. I, I, even if, like I said, even if it's informally, we're in this to be because we want to serve people, right? And we want to provide value. And at some point, then we can talk about what does that look like moving forward. But reach out. Um, we're easy to find, hopefully, on on all outlets. We're Eyes Up Mindset everywhere. So our website is Eyes Up Mindset, all one word, eyesupmindset.com. That's our Twitter handle, our Instagram, uh, and also on Facebook, all the same, Eyes Up Mindset. Love it. Jamie, anything from you? I We do have a, a Facebook group called Eyes Up Mindset Family where people are trying to grow each other. It's not just um, us reaching out and saying things. We got people kind of involved given what they're struggling with, what their kind of their wins, their losses for the week might be. Um, and so that's another place to connect with us that if you're just curious about what we do, we obviously have the podcast is, is Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. Um, you know, But the thing I want to get to is I have a bit of a perfectionist in my household, right? Whether it be me or my wife, at times we both do this. And the biggest thing that I think stops growth is I'm piggybacking on one of the things that you just said, right? Movement over motivation. We are so caught up in something being perfect. Yeah. I can't go until it's right. You'll never go. Yeah. You'll never go. You'll never move. And so what Eyes Up is about is knowing that something is going to come and catch us off guard, but we're ready for it. Chin up, chest out, posture's there. And so when we say eyes up, that's what we mean, that we're ready and that we're taking steps because it's never going to be perfect. Um, and and that's our challenge to you guys that are listening. Live eyes up because uh, it'll make you move. So. I love it. I love it. 
All right, you guys, it, it is a, a pleasure to be able to not only be on your podcast, but for you guys to be able to come and be on my podcast. This is right up my alley. You guys are super fun to be able to talk to. Guys, if you are interested in working with Jamie and John, head. I will put in the show notes all the different links. You can go ahead and head over there to eyesupmindset.com and get a hold of these guys. These guys are straight pros. It was a pleasure having you guys on. Uh, hopefully, we can do it again in the future. That'd be awesome. Thank Bill. you, Thanks sir. A lot. All right, you guys. Next week, we'll be rolling with a, another episode. It's going to be on Wednesday, so make sure to tune in 12.30 p.m. on the Icon Blueprint Facebook page if you want to watch live, or you can follow it up on the Icon Fitness Podcast. Jamie, John, have a great day, guys.